Welcome to the Imperfect Professional Podcast, where we have real conversations about what it looks like to run a business that fits your lifestyle. We're here to ditch perfectionism and comparison and instead create our own rules about what a perfect business looks like. I'm Shana Nacion and I'm your host. Join me and our amazing guests from all around the world for some real talk about identity, mindset, and authenticity in the small business world. Alrighty, so welcome to the first ever episode of the podcast. I'm super excited because today we have one of my good friends, Meg. I think we've been friends for, I think, like two years at this point, maybe even mm-hmm. three. It's been a while. Meg Mothershed, she is one of the duo from Mothershed Design Company. They're based uh, just outside of Denver and they are a design studio. Are you guys calling yourselves a brand and web design studio or just a design studio in general? Yep. Yep, I always say, yep, boutique branding and web design studio. Nice. So yeah, Meg and her husband are a two-part studio. They are really awesome. My favorite thing about Meg is like, I we actually hang out once a week about usually, mm-hmm. and we just talk design stuff. And Meg is super fun to talk with because she will just be super honest with like how she's feeling <laughs> about the process. And so you always know what to expect with her. And she's like, an operations genius so it's really nice to see how she like coordinates everything even though it's such a creative industry so meg tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and josiah and everything (laughs) yeah so like you said i i work with my husband josiah he started the business back in 2016 so He was working as a a graphic designer uh, for an agency here in denver for a number of years that was his first real job outside of school and got a lot of great experience there, but eventually got pretty burnt out and decided that agency life was no longer for him. So right after, about a month after we got married uh, in 2016, he quit his job, which was planned, but it was still a big change. So he quit his job and then started essentially freelancing uh, full time. And I was working as an in-house designer for a nonprofit at the time. That was my first grown up job (laughs) at a school as well. So we both got good jobs right out of school, which was awesome. Got a lot of good experience there. But so he started his business and eventually it was going so well that, and he was having way too much fun all by himself <laughs> that I decided to quit my job in 2018 and join him in the business. Yeah, we've been a duo for the past three years, which has a lot of, it's been really fun. I, it's, that's the first thing I always say. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of challenges too, just like having any, having your own business in, in general. But yeah, it's been awesome. We just have a little home studio that I'm sitting in right now, right outside of Denver. And we primarily work with small service-based businesses, for the most part in Colorado, but nationwide as well. Nice. I didn't realize that it was so soon after you guys got married that he started <laughs> the business. Was that like a huge adjustment for you guys? It was in some ways, like he had been really unhappy at his job for a long time. So we knew he was going to quit, but we didn't know exactly what he didn't know exactly what he wanted to do after that. He went through the phase that I feel like we all do when you're unhappy in a job. You're like, well, maybe I'll just quit and do something completely different. Just something that nothing to do with design or anything like that. But that we kind of knew that wasn't really the right fit for him either. And he did go on a couple job interviews, but just he was like, I think I'm going to go out on my own because um just working for someone else doing the same kind of thing it's going to be the same kinds of problems and things i don't like but just for a different company you know working with different people and so he was like i'm just going to give it a shot and thankfully at the time my job paid the bills so if he didn't make any money it would be okay but thankfully he did and we still are today so it's good (laughs) that's so cool and that was like the first business that either one of you had ever started yeah, yeah. And it's funny, like I have always wanted to own my own business since I was six years old. And I don't wow. really know why, because no one in my family, for the most, none of my immediate family, at least had their own business or like that wasn't this big thing. Like I meet a lot of people and they're like, oh yeah, my parents were entrepreneurs. So that's why I did it. I'm like, that's really cool. But my aren't or weren't, I don't know why I always wanted to do that. So I knew I always wanted to have my own business in general, but Josiah was super like, didn't think of himself as a business owner for a long time, I think just because he was like, I just kind of ended up doing this and it worked out. But, uh, but yeah, now we would definitely both say we are, we are business owners <laughs> doing this long enough now that we, we know something. So, <laughs> yeah. 
about running a business. I love the idea yeah. of like six-year-old Meg. Were you like one of those lemonade stand <laughs> kids just being like, I'm going to just turn oh, yeah. everything into an entrepreneurial pursuit? Yes. Well, my first business, and I'm putting this in, in air quotes, was my, I had several, but my main one was my pet advice business where essentially I was like, what's her name? Lucy from uh, Charlie Brown, where uh, she had like a little stand. It would charge you like 25 cents for advice. It's basically like that, except I would consult with you because I was like a consultant before <laughs> I knew what a consultant was and tell you what kind of pet you should get. Oh my God. I just really loved <laughs> I love that so much. That's such a cute idea. Like just asking a six-year-old, hey, what kind of pet should I get? I would tell you. I, I was really weird little kid and memorized the entire pet encyclopedia that I had. So I was one of those kind of like, you're like, oh, that's nice. And you're like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> Did you make a lot so, of money during this? Well, no, but uh, <laughs> I really expected to. And I expected people to like come to my 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 storefront, so to speak, in my living room. And I was very disappointed when people, other than my mom and dad, did not come. But I made them come a lot uh, to my, my state. You're going to get 100 pets now, one by one. And I'm going to yes. tell you each which one it should be. That's amazing. That's right. Really, it was just what more pets should I get? Yes. It's a, a but, cyclical relationship. You know, you help yeah. them, they help you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. That's amazing. So. And then, so yeah. did you, both you and Josiah go to design school? Is that what you studied at college? Yeah, I ended up, I went to art school and I started off as a, really more of a fine arts illustration major. And it wasn't until I moved to Denver, like literally halfway through college that uh, I had to transfer schools, had to find a new major and couldn't quite transfer into the same major. It was kind of specific to the school I was in. I already taken a few design classes and found that I really liked them. But when I, once I moved to Denver, couldn't get into that same program. I had to pick something else. I realized that maybe illustration wasn't the best fit because I was going to graduate school knowing how to draw really, really well. And that's about it, <laughs> which is fine if that's what you want to do and become an illustrator. But I have never thought of myself as like an artist. I'm much better if I'm given parameters and a challenge. Mm -hmm. And I know you can relate being a an awesome problem solver as well. Like that's how we, I think we both function better. It's having like a challenge to try to meet. So then I went to finish college out here and got a degree in graphic design. And then Josiah got a, a degree in graphic design as well. But it's, I, I always think it's funny because in high school and he was trying to decide, oh, what am I going to be when I grow up kind of thing? It was either like literally go be a graphic designer or like an acupuncturist or a physical therapist. Oh, interesting. So like, completely different <laughs> yeah i think he's better suited as a graphic designer just given his you know his skill set and his personality but i always think that's really funny because <laughs> i would be a terrible physical therapist uh, the idea of somebody with like as big hands as he has being an acupuncturist makes me a little nervous i'm like no don't <laughs> don't do it <laughs> the idea of anybody poking anybody with needles makes <laughs> me nervous so i think it takes a very particular type of person to be able to do that and for other people to like trust you <laughs> yeah so yeah so very different but, but yeah we both got degrees in in graphic design and both got like I said got jobs right outside of school and I actually found out I got my job literally while I was standing in line to go up on stage to graduate college oh, they called wow. me and said I got the job <laughs> so I couldn't ask for anything better Although actually they left me a voicemail and I couldn't listen to it until actually I walked across the stage. So I was like, please let this be the the yes, not the no, sorry. And that right after I literally graduated, but it was good news, thankfully. Yeah, you just have a bunch of like graduation photos where your face is like super tense. You're like, I'm not sure what's about to happen. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's about, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of true in general, right? It's when you graduate high school or college, you're like, okay, I did it. But you're like, now the rest of your life and then you just have to, what's that gonna be like so yeah, yeah. I know for sure and it's such an interesting thing I always love talking to different designers because it feels like everybody comes at it from such a different perspective like he said some people are real problem solvers and other people are more like on the artistic side and that's what I love about mm -hmm. you and Josiah is that you complement each other so well I wanted to talk about the rebrand specifically because you guys just launched it not too long ago, but I know it's been in the works for a really long time. And like uh -huh. from our perspective, we kind of got to see the evolution of your whole website. It was like, okay, yeah, this is like 
a nice professional website when you guys first started using Webflow. And then there was like that big picture of the two of you. And it was like, oh, this is pretty mm -hmm. cool. And then you were like, yeah, but we want to kind of improve things. And you're like, I know we just redid our website, but we're redoing it again. And I love the way it turned out because it's so you guys. So like, yeah, I guess for everybody who doesn't know Meg like I do, can you tell us the story of the rebrand and like how it all started, how you knew that you wanted to do something different? Yeah. So like you said, we had, uh, we've had a couple of different website iterations over the past five years that we've been in business, but this, the one before our, our new site, that's the one that was probably up for the longest and it's, it served its, its purpose. It's like you mentioned, it did have a nice, very big, a big picture of us, right? When you uh, went on our website, so we snacky in the face with ourselves uh, <laughs> as soon as you got there to introduce ourselves in that way. And we got good feedback on it. It wasn't like a bad sites. The kind of the intention behind doing that iteration to begin with is that we launched packaged services. So we were super nervous and scared to do that just in general, because we hadn't done it before. So that was kind of the, the intention of having that iteration of the site to, to begin with. But yeah, eventually you know, actually it didn't even probably take that long after we got that iteration up that we were like, yeah, it just doesn't feel right. We were literally, I'm not even kidding crying over what our brand colors should be. Like it does not, nothing felt like us. Nothing felt what on brand to us. And I think we just didn't know what that was. And honestly, it gives me a lot of even more empathy for what our clients go through, right? In hiring us to do that for them of that. It's, it's hard and it, it feels very personal because it is. And I think it's always a kind of a hard and messy thing where it's like your business is separate from you. It is a, it's a business. It's meant to, you're either providing, you know, goods or services or whatever, but everything is so intertwined with you, the business owner, that it's pretty much practically impossible sometimes to like figure out what that distinction is and how to help that, like help you make decisions of what to do for that reason. So, you know, we got that iteration of the site up, but just we're not so super happy with it ever. And so <laughs> pretty quickly we were like, okay, we were going to work on a, a change, but we didn't know what that looked like. And it took probably like a year and a half or more, wow. maybe even two, close to two years to actually get to where we are now and to our rebrand and new website in this, this August. So it took a long time to uh, get there, but it was very painful. But I will say with this next, with this new branded website, it feels so much more like us and it just truly feels authentic to who we are as a brand in the business and the stage that we're at where we're trying to go versus feeling so held back by our previous brand and website where it just felt very cold or and sterile and just not fun. And I don't think we're any of those things. So it just never felt right. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And I know what you mean. It's like you look at a lot of either design studios or agencies. And I kind of think of you guys as a creative agency as well, because I know that you do a lot of more a la carte packages where it's like, hey, mm -hmm. do you need photos taken of all your swag items? We can do that too. So as far as agencies goes, there's a lot out there that are so, like you said, just kind of cold and sterile. And talking to you almost every, every week for like years, I would say that you're anything but. You guys are so fun and you're down to earth and so for you guys who can't see what meg is doing right now she has behind her a little poster that she made <laughs> and it says no work for jerks yeah. and like a really fun serif font and then she has another one it's like two keys and it's the command z it's keys command z. <laughs> i know i was like i'm a windows user so i was like control what's the other uh, word yeah. what's the other word for control i was like okay it's command z and they're holding hands and it just says together forever so it's like <laughs> You know, that kind of shit sums up Mike and Josiah pretty well, I think. And so with the rebrand, you guys kind of leaned into that duality of you guys are a couple, but you also work together bringing unique skills to the table. And so the theme, as you had described it to us when you guys were coming up with it, was the early bird and the night owl. And so mm -hmm. the logo, I love the logo so much. There's like this owl and it's like this really cute little round owl. And then this tiny little early bird and he's just like sitting on the owl and they're like talking to each other. And I love that so much for you guys. Did you, hey. did it take like a long time to kind of, you know, because 
when we work with clients and it's all about like defining a personal brand for just one person, it can be so hard to make those decisions <laughs> and to like lean into what it is that makes them unique. Was that, do you feel like that was twice as hard when you're a couple or is it easier? I think because we've worked together these past three years and been together for like eight plus years that I, I think our tastes are for the most part pretty aligned or we're just good at communicating to get to a point where we're like yes this is what we're doing I will say like in terms of getting to the idea of our new logo which we both love just I was like it's the best logo I've ever done <laughs> and it's my favorite for sure no we really love it but it didn't actually take that long to get to that idea but once we got there we're like why did we never think of this before mm. because we always say, I'm an early bird. He's the night owl. We now have shirts that say each of those <laughs> things for each of us. It just felt like such a duh moment or so obvious. But I was actually researching Josiah's last name, Mothershed, which is the name of our company as well. And of course, our last names. Although we get a lot of people who are asking, they're like, Mothershed, did you start your business in your mother's shed? <laughs> and we're like, no, but I guess that would be a good story. But no, no, it's just our last name. Um but I was researching that last name and just trying to come up with some some ideas because we weren't even going to redo our logo initially. We were like, we know I need a new website to improve upon things we've learned with this last one and new things we're, we're trying to offer. But Josiah was like, do you think we should get a new logo? And I was like, yeah, we have no real attachment to our old one. And so we're like, okay, what should we do? And so I was like, oh, let me just, just do some research. And somehow the, the name Mothershed is it's old English. It's connected to like falconries and Thick, very medieval Game of Thrones type stuff. And I'm like, okay, birds, that's cool. I love birds. And nice. then I was like, oh, we're like the early bird and the night owl. I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. And we're like, okay. And then so between the two of us, we did some sketches. And then of course, Josiah, who's our creative wizard, was actually one who actually designed it. But yeah, once we like got the, the general concept of it, we're like, okay, yes, yeah, all in. And then just finesse it till we got to where it is now. But so it felt like a kind of a, like I said, a duh moment, an obvious <laughs> choice to to get there. And I've even like before, I, when we were showing it to people, you, I think, got it right away. You're like, oh, like the early bird. And I'm like, yeah, okay, good. And it just seems so, again, so such an obvious thing. But yeah, so we were pretty aligned from the get-go once we figured out what we wanted to do yeah. in general. Yeah. That's super yeah. cool. And I love that. I've seen working with people sometimes when there's too many people involved in the process. It can put a strain on like your personal relationships, not even just like as sure. a company, but like, I love that you guys just know each other so well that you can have that partnership. And it's not like, even though it's a personal brand, it's not like personal stakes. It's not like, oh, I hate this mm -hmm. concept. Therefore I hate you. It's a very <laughs> like mature adult partnership. And I love that. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, I'm also not trying to uh, sit here and sugarcoat it either because there's definitely, definitely, well, I would say more about client work and just other projects that were like definitely moments where we're like, I don't know what to do or I like that or I do not at all. Like that's, uh, but I think it just forces you to get really good at communicating because you have to communicate all the time. Yeah. And so it is that kind of like, I think it's made us better. I think it's just made us better communicators in general, because we do have to be much more direct with one another. And even when we first started working together compared to like now, I would say that's a big difference because it's like, well, I don't want to hurt your feelings. So telling you, I don't like that. Or he'd be like, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Telling you, I don't like what the copy that you wrote, or I think it's not that great or whatever. But you just have to get to that point where you can do that, which is all a part of just evolving as a company and a brand. And yeah, being more authentic to what you're really thinking and feeling, but then also how you get to evolve your brand and company over time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you guys have been running this business for five years, you said, right? So how do you feel mm -hmm. like that has kind of evolved over the five years? I feel like when we, when I first joined the business, yeah, there was some things that like we weren't doing in terms of just like business operations, accounting, <laughs> getting an accountant, things like that, that you need to have, especially after a certain point to just make sure you're doing things, quote unquote, the right way and doing all the things you need to do. I think there was definitely some of that kind of stuff early on just to make it more of a, I think, make it a business versus 
freelancing, being a contractor for other agencies or other companies. We used to do a lot more of that kind of work initially for a good while, but uh, especially over this past, this year, we have kind of pretty much cut out any contract work, any agency work at all, just because we find it's not the best fit for us. We just know we, and, and that's a confidence thing too, right? Being able to say, okay, we know because of the experiences we've had thus far, this kind of project, this kind of work, this kind of client is the right fit for us. These are the kinds of work we want to take on because it's what we love to do and what we're honestly the best at. And then being able to say uh, no to stuff that's not or kind of, you know, cycle clients out that aren't the, the right fit anymore, don't fit your model, which is really hard and uncomfortable, yeah. those kind of growing pain type things. So I, I, I really do feel like, especially within this last year, it's like, okay, five years, like that's a little, that's a little chunk now. It's like one, two years, three years, even like, you're just learning how to like, how do I function as a business? How do I just do the operational things? Yeah. But then once you get enough years under your belt, you just have that more, some more self-assuredness and some more confidence to feel like yes or no to things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This whole podcast project is all about like, I love the idea of running a business that fits with your life because, you know, at the end of the day, all we have is our time and how we're spending it. Right. So if you are running mm -hmm. a business that isn't aligned with who you are and what's important to you, then what the hell are you doing? At the end of the day, you're going to look back and be like, well, I just spent eight hours working at a job that feels like a job instead of something that I'm passionate about. And that confidence, I totally see what you mean, you know, of like, until you have that confidence to stand up for yourself and say, this is what my business is going to look like, even if nobody else around me has a business like this. It's like, mm -hmm. sometimes it can be a little bit of a journey. For sure. Well, I love what you said, too, just like basically making your business fit your life instead of the other way around. And I think especially when you're a business owner, but even when you work a regular job too, but you just feel so much pressure to keep ascending different levels and making more money. And I think it's really, really hard to not let like the fear of not having money or let the pressure of making more and more money like drive you to do things that you don't actually want or aren't good for your, your mental and physical health too. This year, one of our goals was to not to or not work on Fridays to be closed on I'm trying to say closed on Fridays versus we're off on Friday I'm like no we're closed it's just we're closed <laughs> we're closed on Fridays now, only just within the last month or two have we been actually like have we done that so it took a month the whole year but that has helped so much and just with and it was an easy change and it's like all I had to do is not schedule things on Fridays <laughs> that's it but it's just so hard to like you have to remember that like you have to give yourself permission mm -hmm. to do that instead of feeling like someone else is gonna has to give you permission. It's like, no, you're the business owner. It's you. You have to do that. But it's really hard not to be super um hard on yourself. Just I and I talk about that almost every day that it's just it's hard enough to give the pressure of just the business world. And it's hard to feel like to give yourself permission to do things that you know are a good fit yeah but you gotta do it yeah for sure and that pressure like what I, f I have a feeling that you and I are gonna have like similar pressures because we're in the same industry and we kind of have a very similar business model but what do you feel are the biggest pressures for somebody like you guys who are running a smaller you know studio instead of a huge corporate agency do you feel like there's a huge pressure to I mean I know you mentioned always make more money and stuff like that. But what kind of other pressures do you feel in the industry? Yeah, I would say the number one thing, and I think this applies to just honestly, practically to any business, but it's just a pressure to grow. But then I, and I feel like we get asked all the time, like, what are you guys going to get employees or our accountant who is awesome and I love him, but he's always like, so when you get a team and I'm like, no, no, like it's just going to be us. Like that's, that's this business model. That's all this business is going to be is just us. And I think whenever I tell people that they're like, what, <laughs> you know, like it's disappointing to them. And, and so it's hard not to feel that pressure to grow, but then I always want to go define growth is growth team size is growth revenue. Can't you grow in other, like grow in a slow, sustainable way. That's actually good for you and lets you 
have the life that you actually want. And Josiah and I are all about keeping our overhead as low as possible so that we don't have to make buckets and buckets of money. We can just be comfortable and happy and not just have to work ourselves to death. Cause you know, like he said, you don't want to look back and be like, mm, I wish I hadn't done that. Or did that really get me the things I thought I wanted? Maybe not. So I would say that's the number one thing I, I hear and people ask us about the most is like that pressure to grow. And I think there's a lot you can do in staying small and just making your business work for you. That slow, sustainable being the keyword growth, which is hard. Like I'm saying this, but <laughs> it's hard not to uh, give into that pressure for sure. Yeah. Well, and I definitely feel that from you guys, seeing you guys move from the tiny apartment into this new brand new house, like out in the suburbs too, even it's like, it's a slow growth process. And like, now you're getting into gardening and then you're going to get into, it's not CrossFit, right? It's, there's some other name no. for it. <laughs> or just, I'm just working out. There you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But she's no working out hardcore, thing. you guys, like Meg, Meg can kick some serious ass now. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. That's right. There you go. Yeah, no, but it's yes. really cool to see that kind of growth. And like you said, it's sustainable. And at the end of the day, I feel like sustainability is something that a lot of people overlook. They don't like see the mm -hmm. value in that as often. Do you feel? Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say sustainable is a word we hear all the time, right? In terms of like environmentally friendliness and stuff. Yeah. And I think it's a word that sounds nice. You're like, oh, yeah, that's a good thing. It's got positive connotations, but I think it's something. We very rarely actually like tr strive for and then strive to maintain that, which is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's more of a lifestyle than it is a buzzword. It's like, yeah, long term, yeah. not very noticeable if you were just looking in. <laughs> <laughs> it's not glamorous. Yeah. Or fancy. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Do you feel like the values that you guys are bringing to the business? are something that you guys have as people and that has kind of resonated with you forever? Or do you feel like as people, you kind of had to come around to this idea? Of, of like staying small yeah. or just about, I, I don't know. It's kind of in between things, I guess, where I don't think we ever, we always said we would be terrible bosses. Yeah. And this always sounds, this always sounds bad to say, but we're not team players. Neither of us are. And the only person that we want to actually work with at all is each other. And that's just because we're married and love each other and it works. But I, I think so in that way, like I knew we never wanted to grow and have this big company or a family business. We're going to make our kids do this. Nothing like that. Um, but I think it's been hard, at least for me, to feel like staying small and just being this a small creative studio. We do great work. We love working with other really small businesses. I think it's been hard. Um, it's been good, but been hard for me to be like, that's good. Or that's what I want to do. And that's okay. Instead of feeling all this pressure or talking to other business owners or other companies that are really, have a really big company or are making way more money, but have way more overhead and 50 employees or something. Mm -hmm. It's hard not to feel like, oh, that kind of makes me feel bad. Like I'm not doing enough, even though I'm doing what I wanted to do. Like if you ask me like, what would you do different about your business there's really not much i would say like i'm happy doing this but i think it's hard to feel good about that sometimes because of the the, the pressure of the world to yeah it's like the keeping up with the joneses kind of thing but of the the business world yeah yeah so like as a person you're kind of more concerned with what's going to make me happy and not what's going to get me ahead and all that stuff that a yeah, yeah. I think sometimes when I talk to people from older generations, or especially several generations where it's like you had the one job your whole life, yeah. you know, and you just work your way up in a company, work your way up a ladder. And then now it's like, that's not how that really works anymore. Sometimes, but most of the time not. And most people don't stay in the same job or position or even the same industry very long anymore, which I think is a good thing. I think you should be able to move around in it. If you're evolving as a person, your career should evolve too. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes it's harder for people to understand, like, especially when you're a business owner, it's like, you're not climbing the ladder. Like you own the ladder. <laughs> like you get to, <laughs> you get to decide how far you're going up or not, or what you're going sideways or whatever you're doing. And it's new in that way. And especially because 
with more and more remote workers, more people quitting their jobs and doing starting their own business. Small businesses have made up the majority of businesses in America for a long time and still do, and it's growing even more. So I think we're going to see that pressure or that kind of that climbing the ladder, pressure to grow, change over time. But I, I still feel, certainly feel that pressure. And I think it's just, it's hard to, to rail against what you feel <laughs> like you're supposed to be doing, even if it's what makes you happy sometimes. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And it's interesting too, because I, I feel like I've heard so many stories of you and talking about when you were younger, just being like super rebellious and everything. And so it's like, I can, I can kind of feel a little bit of that residual energy from you. It was just kind of like, yeah, well, I know you guys want me to do this, but too fucking bad. I'm not going to. <laughs> just ask my parents. Yep, that's very true. <laughs> I can tell you all about it. Uh, yeah. And Josiah is way more even like anti-authoritarian than I am, which is going to make it sound like we're these crazy anarchists, which is super untrue. But uh, yeah, I think it's that kind of rebellious energy or just wanting to do what you want to do no matter what <laughs> be very stubborn in that way <laughs> that probably makes you and I'm saying with you too but makes us good business owners because you're determined to do what you want to do and not just play the game for the sake of playing the game kind of a thing yeah it's like a higher stakes thing like you said it's not that you're climbing the ladder, you own the ladder. And so when you own the ladder, it's like every decision is going to ultimately have to be your decision. So it takes a lot of courage and a lot of stubbornness to do that. <laughs> it does. It does. And I think, yeah, I think that's what makes it really easy to be really hard on yourself too, because you are the decision maker. I mean, people, I forget what the number is, but I read something was that the average person makes X number of decisions a day and it was some huge number. And then when you have your own business too, it's like, okay, multiply that times 10. And Josiah and I talk about how we just feel like it's easy to get decision fatigue um, and just be like, I don't know. I wish someone else was here to <laughs> decide this thing because I don't know. So that's hard, but it's like, it's it's the whole Spider-Man thing with great power comes with great <laughs> responsibility where it's like, okay, you have this power of being able to determine whatever you want to do with your time, with your energy, with your money, whatever, when you have your own thing. But it's a big responsibility too, because you're in, solely in charge and have to deal with the, the impact of that. But yeah, I think it makes, I, I think it makes you definitely a stronger person. And I think it makes you be much more, forces you to be much more confident in yourself, or at least become that mm -hmm. through having to make decisions and yeah own them yeah <laughs> which is hard but good <laughs> for for me I know that like my coping mechanism with having that much pressure resting on my decisions is to just kind of go like fuck it I'll figure it out as I fall it's like that leap of faith and then it's like I don't know what's at the bottom but fuck it I'll figure it out now like later as I'm doing the thing do you feel like you have some kind of coping mechanism for that pressure? And like, what does that look like for you? <laughs> hmm, that's a good question. Well, I definitely, uh, you know, identify with exactly what you said, which is just, just like, well, I'll just have to figure it out as I go. And I think, well, one, I think life's, well, life's like that anyway, right? Uh, I'm a person who really likes to be and needs to be prepared for literally everything, <laughs> which can be, so I guess that's kind of my coping mechanism in that way but there's a lot of things in life that you just can't prepare for or mm -hmm. jump when I first started doing our like sales calls being super nervous because I didn't know what they were going to say I can't write myself a little script if I don't know what the other person's going to say back to me mm -hmm. so I think that's hard but I think for me the coping mechanism is yeah trying to feel prepared but knowing when to stop myself and just being like okay you've done enough I think it's Seth Godin who says something like, you've been researching and gathering and absorbing information your whole life. Just stop and you have enough information, just go do it. And I think that's something important to remember. And I think the other thing I'll say to myself that someone else said, but it's do it afraid. Mm. Do it afraid. And it's like, that doesn't mean you won't ever be scared or nervous about doing something or flat out freaked out. But if it's something that you feel like you should do, you just have to do it afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I feel like that's probably a misconception that people have about business is that it's like a linear growth pattern and it's not really. It's like 
You learn mm -hmm. things, you pick them up, and then you have to practice at them over and over and over and over. And after a while, you get a little bored with the feelings that come up with practicing the same thing over and over, but you still feel them. <laughs> yes, totally, totally. Yeah, I think, um, you know, well, I think too, being that, that kind of feeling of boredom or like, okay, like I'm just keep, you just have to keep going. Mm -hmm. You just have to keep persevering in that way. And I think that can be, I think that's part of what leads people to feel burnt out mm. over time too. But that's why at least when you're a business owner or you can make decisions that you can mix it up for yourself or um, branch out and try other things or start new businesses. <laughs> so that's another thing. Just add more. Add more <laughs> to the pile. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Haley Burkhead who had a really good analogy for that kind of thing. She was talking about running the different processes and different strategies in your business as bridges. You have like one little tactic or strategy that you do and then you have another one and then you have another one but if you're not actually building a complete bridge before hopping to the next bridge then like you're never actually <laughs> going to get anywhere and she's like just just take it one bridge at a time and do that thing and then if you want a more challenging thing move on to something new later so yeah <laughs> for sure well i think that goes to setting yeah setting attainable goals sticking with stuff but then also to what you said too, like, uh, just trying things, but like keep going more than like once if they don't <laughs> work. I think, especially like when it comes to things like marketing your business, you're like, oh shoot, well, I tried this one thing and nobody bought anything from me. You're like, I guess that's a failure. It's like, well, keep trying and then try something else too, but like, don't, yeah, don't be quick to, to give up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That stubbornness comes in handy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. And <laughs> So with the whole rebrand and everything, what have you seen as far as changes going with this more like true to yourselves route? I would say it's become much, much easier for one, for just us to create content for ourselves because I actually feel um, inspired and like want to <laughs> create <laughs> content and put it out there in the world because one, I just like how visually our new brand looks, but it just feels so much more authentic to us that it's just encouraging to want to put stuff out there. So I think that's been definitely one of the biggest things. And it's just, I think the other thing is that it's just given us so much more confidence. Mm -hmm. Again, kind of sympathizing our, our understanding from a client's perspective, what it's like after you've gotten your new brand and everything's awesome and it looks great. And you just feel really proud and much more confident and not feeling held back or stuck or mm, this is not representing us the way I know it could or should. Or we, we do so much better work now than we did several years ago. And now that's being shown. And I just feel a lot more confidence for sure that, yes, it feels like us. It feels authentic. It feels down to earth. Um, funny, uh, <laughs> you know, free freedom to feel more like writing a social media post and feeling put in the words I would actually say versus <laughs> being a little more buttoned up that we're not actually that way. So just feeling a lot more confident and, and empowered to go out there and put yourself out there, which, hey, even when you're the business that's uh, making other people look and sound good, <laughs> it, it, you still want the same thing for, for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels a little bit more like you're not playing a role. You're just kind of doing what you already do then. Totally. Yeah. Cause I would say for, for me, like whether I'm getting on the sales call with somebody or they're already a client and we're having a, a call or a meeting or something like I'm the same person, no matter what on the phone or off the phone, <laughs> you might try to sound a little smarter when you're on the phone, but <laughs> otherwise I'm uh, the same person. So it's, it feels really good that how we're portraying ourselves when it's not just you, right? So your website, your social media you know, your brand as a whole, what have you, that feels like you. Mm -hmm. And then it just feels a lot more comfortable. And I think it reflects where we are as a business that we are more comfortable. We feel like, hey, we, we know some things now. We know we, what, we, what we want to do and what we don't want to do. And that will only further get cemented just the longer we're in the business. So yeah, it feels really good. And it sounds kind of like you're not like you don't have as much pressure because you've kind of ditched the idea that you should even care about what other people are doing. Is that accurate? <laughs> yes, but I wish it was more, more accurate. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's, it's so hard not to care about what other people think. Or like I said, if you, 
meet someone who has a really big or just really wildly successful business, I think it's easy to feel small or not feel as confident compared to them. But I guess that's just why you shouldn't go around comparing yourself to people <laughs> too much, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but still good overall, for sure. That's cool. And then have you seen, I, I've always been curious about this after more personal rebrands and pivots in the business. Do you feel like now you are attracting clients who align more with your values? Yeah, I think, I think in general, the people who reach out to us, there's some outliers every once in a while, but for the most part, it's other small businesses that feel, if you're going to reach out to us, I feel like you hopefully already like us a little <laughs> bit. We're trying to imbue our personality and what it's like to work with us in our website, just because that's the same kind of people we want to attract. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll say in terms of our brand and especially our website, we did try to make it very, very client focused. It's, it's ultimately, it is about the client. We are just the people facilitating and making the work here, but it's about them. Um, but that being said, I think we certainly align and work the best with other businesses that are just, I just want to work with nice people. I think that's always, I always sounds really dumb when I, I say that, but I'm like, I just want to work with people who are actually nice. Someone you might actually want to hang out with beside outside of a, a project, be business friends. Like we always call it, but yeah, I just wanted to just work with honestly, nice, nice people who yeah are jerks. That's why we came up with the no work for jerks. <laughs> thing we're making shirts with it on there because that's i think that's one of the biggest things i didn't think about till right now but that's yeah and we're just got sick of working for jerks <laughs> and for people who don't appreciate what you're doing necessarily but don't just aren't the right fit in that way either don't don't like you said don't align with our values don't align just with us as people and not everybody's going to be your best friend but yeah i don't want to do any work for jerks sorry <laughs> <laughs> so what does a dream client look like for you guys I would say a small, and I'm when I say small, I mean small, like under 10 people, most likely business, service-based businesses for the most part. And then we also really love working with other creative businesses. So I love working with photographers and videographers, creative merchandise businesses, that kind of thing. People are an interior designer. We just got a new client who's an interior designer. And I think it's going to be a really awesome project. And people that you can already... You're on the same kind of playing field. And I think it's a lot easier to just have an even more smooth experience because they're already kind of familiar and you're already kind of familiar with what they do. Mm -hmm. So that's who I really love to work with. But that being said, we're working with a metal fabrication company right now. <laughs> I don't really, that's not necessarily, doesn't fit that box, but I just love being able to feel like I'm really helping this business and making a really positive impact in their lives and just like we're talking about business and your personal life are so intertwined that I want to make them feel confident and feel really good about them as the, you know in themselves and as a, a business so if I can do that that's my main that's my main win <laughs> nice I love that one thing I was doing with our course students was like asking them to take the love languages quiz because I feel like that <laughs> kind of it sounds dumb but I think it kind of helps cement the idea of how you want to relate with your clients like what it is that you really want to be doing for them is it mm -hmm. giving them praise and words of affirmation is it oh i'm mm -hmm. going to give all my clients some really cool gifts and all this stuff for me it was acts of service and i feel like that mm -hmm. kind of sums up our relationship with our clients is like i want to do something nice for them that helps them out and makes their lives better do you feel like mm -hmm. that kind of aligns like, do you, first of all, do you know what your love language is? And then do you feel like that aligns <laughs> if you do? Yes. Let's see. I think my love languages, they have changed over the years, <laughs> which I also think is really funny. Um, I think they were, were well, I, I, honestly, all of them, but words of affirmation for sure, acts of service, and then the physical touch one. Although, especially in today's world, remote world, I'm not going to go around like hugging <laughs> or getting hugs from my clients. I'm okay with uh, not doing that. And they probably are too. <laughs> But yeah, I would say definitely, I, I think the biggest one I could pick up on in terms of a client relationship is probably the words of affirmation where, especially when we're doing a strategy session um, or a call or giving a presentation, any kind of one-on-one -on -one communication, everybody wants to feel listened to and heard and understood. That's really the biggest thing. And so I think if you can do that and you should do that, <laughs> um, 
then they're going to feel really good. You have made them feel good and that they're going to feel confident in your ability to then go forth and perform the service that you've been hired to do. So I think that's kind of probably the biggest one that I would say we're really good at and want to make sure we always do, even if things aren't going as smoothly or they don't like something we design initially or whatever happens, like you have to make sure they feel heard and understood. And once you do that, I think you can always get back on track and feel like you're on the same page about things. So I, I think that's really interesting. The love languages thing. I never would have thought about that uh, <laughs> other outside of like a romantic relationship, but I actually really like that. Um, Josiah and I talk about all the time, how we feel like kind of a big part of what we do and a lot of other similar businesses do is just, it feels like business therapy yeah. in a way <laughs> <laughs> because your business is feel like you and business is personal. So it really does feel like business therapy. And I think going through our rebrand definitely felt like business therapy. And it was really hard, but we did the work and now we are better for it. Yeah. And it's hard being both the the therapy and the therapist. <laughs> That's <Definitely>. pretty intense. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You have to be a good facilitator in that way. But then it's hard when you have to yeah, be the therapist person who's receiving the yeah. therapy and then the therapist too <laughs> i know i was thinking about that i was like therapy fair therapy right. i don't know per, i don't know <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the why behind your business because as brand and web designers like we talk about the why so freaking much it's like a whole thing but i feel like when we're talking about your rebrand and what it is that changed in your business throughout this process what was the original why that you started with and has that shifted over the years the why of like why we started this business till now yeah like what's the what's the ultimate mission that you're trying to accomplish with this sure well honestly Josiah would always say he would tell you that when he started the business it really he had a, a very wise um lady at the small business center in, in Denver um we called her our business Yoda because <laughs> she was so smart she asked him when he was just starting, she said, are you, you need to ask yourself, are you starting a business or are you creating a job for yourself? And he was like, oh, like, that's a really good question. And he was like, at that time, and he's like, and this is what I told her, I was creating a job for myself. I just didn't want to work for somebody else, the end, mm -hmm. basically. So he was definitely creating a job for himself initially. And then I feel like when I joined, we were like, okay. We're both now creating jobs for ourselves, but we really want this to be business and make it bigger than ourselves, feeling like it's its own entity. And I think it's taken the past, honestly, three years to get to a point where it actually feels like that. It feels like we run a small business. So initially it was just to not work for somebody else. And for me, it was, I'm tired of my job and I want to have, I want to be in sharp. <laughs> Essentially, that's my honest answer. Um, so that was kind of our initial why I would say now, I mean, I love working with small business owners. Like I said, when you feel like you can really truly make an impact in their lives, that is, that's kind of what keeps you doing what you're doing and it keeps you motivated enough to, to do it. Cause as I know, any kind of creative work can be really grueling over, especially over a long period of time, Because mm -hmm. I've been in doing this for 10 years and that's a, it's a long time to be keep creating things that don't exist <laughs> to begin with. So it's, it's hard, but I would say that's definitely what keeps us going. But honestly, ultimately for the future, I don't have any answer that sounds just amazing, but it's just to be happy doing what we're doing. And Josiah is leaning more and more into being a maker, mm -hmm. being an artist in that way. And that's really what makes him happy. He now he says, art is my why. That's it. Like he just wants to create things and use his skills to to do that. But he's really more and more leaning into that. So I think that will continue. And for me, I just love being a business. I love talking with other people, making an impact for sure. But I just want to yeah, do what makes us happy. And, and really, I, I just want to be in charge of my own time and my, I feel like I'm carving out my own destiny rather than one that is set up for me so I would say that's my why and I just want to continue to do that more and more and do something and continue to do things that we can do together because I really do think that's how we can accomplish the most and work the best it's not for somebody else not for another job but it's not even on our own necessarily but just working together as a team that's awesome I love that yeah 
Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> okay. And then for the last bit, we're going to wrap this up here, but tell me what's next for you guys at the studio. You've launched this new rebrand. Is it time to like take a freaking vacation or do you have like huge <laughs> plans in the works? Well, yes, it is time to take a vacation. <laughs> we are going to take a couple of weeks off for the holidays for sure. Just trying to get there. But honestly, the next thing for us that we have talked a lot about and it's finally starting to become a, a real thing is that, you know, Mothership Design Co. will keep chugging along as is. We figured out what works and we're going to keep going with that. But the next big thing for us is actually starting another business that is completely different. Ah. It'll be a product-based business, leaning a lot more into um, you know, art, art and, and actually making things for art's sake and trying out a product-based business. So that is what well, I think we keep chugging along, but that's going to be our next uh, big adventure for sure. That's super exciting. Do you guys have a name for that business yet? I do, but I don't want to say it. <laughs> okay, we will keep it under wraps. Decide would be like, stop, don't. So, but we bought the URL so no one can take it. Oh, okay, so. there you go. Sorry. <laughs> Alrighty, and then what, is there anything you want to plug? Where can people find you guys and... I guess we can't plug the new project yet, but I'm sure you'll announce it at uh, Mothershed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be a good sort of tag team between the two. But uh, yeah, you can find us at MothershedDesign.com. We're accepting projects for 2022 already. <laughs> so there we go. Nice. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Oh, actually, one last question. So for other new business owners or people who are kind of feeling that same thing like you said you look at what you've created for your own business and you're just kind of like you know something doesn't feel right what is it I don't know what's missing do you have any tips for people who are about to like go on that journey of like a rebrand and trying to figure out what the heck they're yeah they're trying to do yeah I would say well I'll say one thing that I think you shouldn't do it before you're ready. It took us a long time to actually finish executing our rebrand. And it was kind of, it felt like, felt really long and it felt like a frustrating process. But in hindsight, I'm really glad that we did not try to force it before we were actually able to do it and put the time and energy and thought into doing it when we did, because I don't think it would have been right before. I and mean, it wouldn't have reflected kind of getting that to that next phase of business, to that next level of our evolution. So I would say if you're feeling that kind of angst that something isn't right, probably not, but <laughs> slowly work on it and don't force it. Everything is will continue to evolve and be iterative. And I think that kind of thinking of things in that way too can help you feel, don't be so hard on yourself and put less pressure to, to be something that you're not or you're not ready to be yet. Just kind of let it happen organically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like it. Yay, sustainable growth. <laughs> that's right that's right okay awesome well thank you so much meg for being here for being the first podcast guest it's super exciting oh, thank you it just kind of worked that out exciting. that way so yeah and very cool yeah so we'll look for you on mothershoodesign.com and we won't keep an eye out for that sneaky secret project that is unnamed as of yet <laughs> <laughs> yes top secret sorry sorry but yes eventually it'll be out there <laughs> awesome thank you so much meg Thank you for hanging with us on another episode of the Imperfect Professional Podcast. This podcast is hosted by me, Shana Nacion. Audio editing is by Cassie McFarlane. Theme music is by my brother, Maluhia Music. And special thanks to all of our incredible guests who are willing to share their stories and support this project. If you'd like to share the story behind your business, send us an email at info at imperfectpod.com or send me a DM on Instagram at Shana Nacion Design. If you're interested in advertising with us, you can send us an email too. That's info at imperfectpod.com. We'll see you soon.